the age-old question, is it nature or nurture, or maybe it's just nonsense? Hello, this is Laura Pareka, and I'm coming to you from sunny Las Vegas, actually Lake Las Vegas. How are you today, and do you believe you're mostly making your decisions and your actions based on nature or nurture, or is it all nonsense? I'm a long way away from being 82 years old, but my mother is indeed exactly that, 82. Now, a few years ago, in her late 70s, she decided to stop being a writer. She said to me, I don't write anymore. I am not a writer. And I said, well, mom, what do you do with your time now? And she said to me, I am growing my hair. Now you might laugh, but she actually had activities she said she was doing to grow her hair. <laughs> she said she would massage her scalp and lie on the bed with her head hanging over the side. So she did indeed have a plan to grow her hair. Now, we often do things or don't do things in our lives and blame it on either nature or nurture. It's either what we were born with, like our genetics, our IQ. Some people think it is permanent based on you know, how smart our parents were. Other people think, no, it's the environment. Take two twins and take one of them, have them grow up in a good environment with lots of resources and have the other grow up in a terrible environment where everything is negative and not towards their growth and development and watch the difference. You know what? Nature, nurture, nonsense. Sometimes your activities ha have nothing to do with those. It is none of the above. I am not 82. I am a long way away from that. But if I were 82, I might be worried about getting old, except that I have two friends that are both 91 each, not combined. <laughs> a lot of my friends will say, oh, 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 my colleagues and I have 110 years of experience combined. We are not combining. I have a friend who is 92 named Bonnie and another friend who, excuse me, 91, and another friend who is 91 named Greta. And both of them are vibrant and very much alive and have more energy and are doing more things, I might add, than just letting their hair grow. Not that it's not a worthy ideal to let your hair grow. Listen, don't sit around just watching your hair grow when there are other things you can be doing Aside from blaming your age or nature or nurture, it's all nonsense. There are many people who listen to this podcast who are in their 30s and 40s. Moreover, though, there's a higher percentage of you that are over 60. And this may surprise you, but most listeners are women. I do not understand this and would not believe the analytics because the people who comment most are men. I get most of the comments from men. So if it weren't for the analytics, I wouldn't even realize that mostly women listen. However, whether you are male, female, or non-binary, or in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, or above, this is pertinent information because when we take away our excuses, then we have the opportunity to create our best life now. A lot of things have to do with nature, and some things have to do with nurture or maybe even more, 
But I would venture to say that if we decide to take control of our own mind, that all the other stuff is nonsense, and we can just say none of the above, we can create the future we want. Much like my two friends who are both 91 years old and give me the courage to think, wow, a whole nother career could be facing me. 31 more years and counting from my age now? Wow, we really do have many different chapters in our lives. And when we recognize that and decide to grab hold of our future, then we can create the chapters that we want. And that brings me to nature, nurture, nonsense, none of the above. Let's take a look at having our winner's attitude because we decide to create it. Let's listen to some ideas from Earl Nightingale that I will expound upon. You see, he did a little talk once about the 10 things that you can do to have a winner's attitude that will shift your entire future. And they're not hard to do at all. Matter of fact, all of us can pay attention to these. The first one is... Well, before we get to the first one, the general theme of this talk that he gave was act like who you want to become. You know, let others feel that they're needed and respected and act like the person that you want to be but don't feel like you are yet. We've all heard that act as if. Well, there's some validity to it. If my mother would act as if she were doing uh, more active things, she would actually do more active things. And when she was an author, she acted like an author. She acted like a writer. She woke up in the morning and wrote. She put her work on Amazon so that people could order it while she was sleeping and she could wake up and see who had or how many people have ordered her book each day, week, month, however often she chose to check. Now, here's the first thing that Earl Nightingale says, and let's see how this might pertain to you and to me and the people that we love. Number one, the attitude at the start of a task affects its outcome most. <laughs> when my mom was writing, the attitude she had when she decided with passion that she would write took her through the journey of writing four books, three that were a trilogy that were my favorite. Now, the attitude you have at the first making such a good difference means that you want to prep, you want to cue, you want to be um, ahead of things by creating the attitude whenever you do anything. This is why I teach people that you need to be proactive. Decide in advance how you will treat people, how you will show up when you're going somewhere. I'm going to be later on today going by a friend's house and driving us over to a healthy food store. So in advance, I prepare for the positive attitude, for the good, healthy uh, fruits and vegetables and herbs that I will be purchasing and in that preparation, I create that mood, that attitude that will affect the best outcome. Number two, attitude towards life and others is reflected back by life and other people. <laughs> so if you're upset about the way people are treating you, you only need to recognize, oops, I'm sending out a bad vibe and change the way you're thinking feeling and acting, and then watch and see what shows up in your life. Watch and see if that changes how other people are reacting to you. This is a big one. And if you get this and start to feel, feel this one and get it, then you will change your life and not be a victim. 
a victor and never a victim. Number three, act like, talk, walk, act like someone that you would become. And we already touched on this earlier, this general theme of Earl Nightingale's talk was that you got to decide. It's about that decision and then go ahead and be that person. Act like that person and it will be easier for you. I had a partner uh, in business once who didn't drink. It was not a part of who he was and would be out in a social situation, social circles, and people would say, oh, would you like wine or beer? And he'd say, no, I don't drink. One day I asked him, what's the reason you don't drink? He says, you know what? I just decided that's not who I am. One day early in my life when I was around a bunch of American servicemen back in South Africa, and they were all drunk, and I just decided that is not me. So part of who he was was just not a drinker. He decided it and started acting, walking, and talking like that, and he became that. It was a part of who he was. He never had to feel like, oh, I'm missing out because I don't get to, because I have to be disciplined. That wasn't it at all. It was who he was. Number four, your mind holds only one thought at a time, so make it positive. Now, you can't be negative and positive at the same time. You can hop back and forth. Believe me, I've done it. (laughs) But most of the time, if you can catch yourself going down that negative road, you can turn it around. If you start to complain, stop and look for the silver lining. If you uh, want to describe in detail some problem or challenge you're having in an attempt to resolve it, catch yourself and stop and start looking at what is good in the situation. Your mind only holds one thought at a time. Make it a good one. Number five, the higher up you go, the nicer people are. All of my childhood, I was brainwashed to believe that that wasn't true. I was told that wealthy people are evil and bad and mean and will put you in jail if you do anything they don't like. And I remember getting my first real job as a classroom teacher, and I walked onto the campus ready to teach second grade, and in the office, the secretary sitting behind the desk, to me, seemed like the enemy. Be careful. Be careful what you say in front of her or do, because she's straight, and straight people will put you in jail. And then I thought to myself, as an intelligent, sentient being, wait a minute, you know what? I have a feeling that that's BS, (laughs) your belief system, which it definitely had been mine, the way I was raised. And I decided, you know what? I don't really think that's true. I am going to change what I believe. And so I decided to begin at that moment to change, to believe that people in higher positions like the principal, and if you ever meet anyone who is of uh, a different social status than you, a higher one, do not think, oh my gosh, oh, I'm just so worried or nervous in front of them. Uh, They're going to be nice to you in general. At least that's been my experience and Earl Nightingale's experience. The higher up you go, the nicer people are. Number six, people's deepest desires are to be needed and appreciated. Give it to them. Think about the people in your life right now. When's the last time you let them know that you love them? When's the last time you let someone know you appreciated something they did? Take the time. I'm always sending cards and bringing people little gifts just to show that I've been thinking of them. When you bring someone a gift or send them a card or even a quick little text message about what you love about them, it lets them know that you've been thinking about them when they weren't around and that makes them feel good and appreciated and loved. 
do it. Do it today. Do it right now. Pause this and go ahead and do it. You won't regret it. Number seven, look to learn from everyone. Our um, nemesis, <laughs> our uh, haters, the haters, because haters going to hate, 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 hate. Even though the haters are going to hate you and do things bad to you, look and learn from them. You can learn from people that give you more angst than those who don't. You can learn more from those people. They are your teachers. If you look at everyone as your teacher, you'll have the opportunity to grow and learn and live your best life now. Number eight, don't talk about your problems or your ill health. I must focus on this one. So many people so often spend so much of their time talking about what's wrong and they wonder why bad things keep happening or their health keeps being poor. I would agree 100% with Earl Nightingale that we need to not talk about our problems. The only time it's been helpful, helpful to me is asking somebody their advice. Perhaps they might have a solution or something I didn't think about, a little tactic or strategy that would help me with something, in which case it has been good to mastermind with others. But complaining just to have someone say, yeah, you're right, is putting you in a poor position indeed. Don't talk about your problems. Number nine, act confidently. I have confidence in sunshine. I have confidence in rain. I have confidence that spring will come again. Besides what you see, I have confidence in me. Have confidence in yourself and act more confidently. Here's a trick. Put your hands on your hip like Wonder Woman and make that stance where your shoulders are back and your head is held high. In a few moments, you will start to feel more powerful and more strong. Just holding your body in a stronger stance makes you feel stronger. How about that? Act confidently. And number 10, drum roll please, treat everyone as if they are the most important person. The most important person? Hmm, everyone? Reminds me of a song when I was a classroom teacher. The most important person in the world to you is you and you hardly even know you. The most important person in the world to you is you. Come on, I'll show you. And the song goes on to help the children realize they are an important person and they need to see themselves that way. So while Earl Nightingale is talking about everyone else, he's really including you in that. Treat everyone as if they're the most important person, even you. Treat yourself well. Tell yourself, I'm going to treat myself better. And the best practice you can get to do that is start treating others better. Decide that you're going to go out of your way. Pick someone, pick anyone today. The first person who comes to your mind. Decide you're going to treat that person today as if they were the most important person in the whole wide world. What would you do differently? Do something kind and see what follows. Now, Earl Nightingale says to take 30 days to do this little test and act as if. And if you put this winner's attitude to the test, he said that it would change your life. And I believe him because I've just naturally been doing a lot of these. And as I said, focusing on certain ones that I really know that I need to 
tweak and improve upon. I hope that you don't just sit around watching your hair grow and that you come up with things that you can do to not only make this world a better place, but to help you to live your best life now. Bye-bye.